Welcome to Inspire and Innovate, a podcast for educators, produced by the faculty of St. Andrew's Episcopal School in beautiful Jackson, Mississippi. As you rev up for the busy beginning of the school year, we are excited to offer you this mini-series of power-packed conversations featuring local educators around the Jackson, Mississippi metro area. These folks do good work every day, and they remind us that our school and our faculty are a small portion of the incredibly rich ecosystem of teaching professionals in this area. We can't do this job alone, and we have so much to learn from our colleagues near and far. We believe storytelling is the best way to make sense of the complexities of our profession. So please enjoy this mini series, Living It, Stories from the Teaching Life. So this is Emmy Strayberry, and I'm joined today uh, with my colleague, Julie Rust, and we are chatting with the phenomenal powerhouse that oh is uh, <laughs> Tanja Murphy. And um, she, you are someone that is passionate about education, mm-hmm. passionate, passionate about the kids in our city, mm-hmm. and about community engagement. And can you tell me just... You know, kind of share with our listeners what all you do because you do so much within the community that is Jackson, Mississippi. I do all of what you just said. <laughs> that was a huge <laughs> Really, I do all of what you just said. Uh, I enjoy working with with youth in the community. I will say my favorite age group to work with is middle school. Oh, me too. I love middle school, middle school and high school. But if I had a choice with just which one, it would be middle school because middle schoolers are moody and they're changing and people are impatient. And I was like, okay, so what do you want to do today? Let's do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what do you Mm want to do tomorrow? Let's do that. And so I found that when we do what they want to do, they can hear what I'm trying to teach in the middle of what they want to do. And I just enjoy Middle school. Oh man, now you, oh, I mean, I already knew you were awesome, but now I know the I best like people middle love middle school. It's just a particular flavor it that is. not, I'm, I'm watching Emmy's face to see how she's feeling because typically I know you work with high school students. Yeah. I do, I do. But you do, you've worked with lots oh. of ages. Yeah, and I mean, I've, yeah. I've taught after school for middle school That's right. and then summer camp I help with yeah. some of my middle, middle school, school children. Yeah. Yes. And they're a fun age group. They really, they I mean, are I really like high fun. school too. I do, but I don't know. It's something about you know, someone being there to hear you, yeah. to listen, and just ride that wave. It's like they're ready. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and and I always tell the kids I work with, I don't tell you what to do. And parents, are, what do you mean you don't tell them what to? Do? I'm like, I don't. Pretty much, they have a pretty good foundation. Mm. All they need is a little bit of guidance okay. and for someone to maybe lay out um, what they're working on or, or just lay it out. Say, mm-hmm. okay, if you have five things mm-hmm. and you need to make a choice, what is the best thing for you right now? What's the best thing for your future? Mm-hmm. Is that choice going to lead to the best thing for you? And if it's not, knowing what it's going to lead to, okay, what do you need to change? Nice. So I just ask them and let them tell me, okay, well, you know, Miss Murphy, or some of them call me Miss Sanja. This is what I want to do. Hmm. All right, okay. So, what else you need? What do you need from me? I love that you let them drive it. Oh yeah. Versus, you know, we're having your own um, priorities or your own kind mm-hmm. of like set rules or mm-hmm. this is what we are going to do today and this is what you're going to learn and really letting 
them kind of drive it instead and you responding versus kind of dictating. And and I do have some expectations. I tell them all the time, I don't have rules. And that was another thing. What do you mean you don't have rules? (laughs) It's like it's expectations. They should expect certain things from me and I expect things from them. And it's funny, when you if you ever ask a middle schooler, what do you expect from me? You would be surprised mm. at what they tell you. It could be as simple as bring snacks. Well, I mean, mm. it's a hungry time, to be yeah. fair. Puberty is a hungry time. Yeah, mm. it, it could be as simple as, you know what? Be ready when you get here and not on your phone. I mean, it could be something as simple as that. And then it's like, okay, do you want to know what I expect of you? Eat the snacks I bring and don't be on your phone when I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's the same stuff. It's the same Amazing. stuff. What a coincidence. It's the same well, stuff. okay, so tell us a little more about your setting. Mm-hmm. When are you working with these kiddos in the scope of their day? We were just talking about how that shifted during COVID. Oh, goodness. And then also the subject. If I were a listener, I'd be like, okay, so is she like a life coach with the youth? She's talking about the future. So tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. So I do some coaching. I do some one-on-one coaching. Okay. I start with the teen or the, you know, the middle schooler and then make sure that I'm including the family in what we're talking about, you know, seeing where they want to go, what they want to do. And are you involving the other caring adults in your life? Mm -hmm. Because I always want to point back to who are the caring adults in your life. Not just me. That's right. Not I said you should do this or this is my recommendation. Who are those people? Mm. And sometimes it's not the parent. Right. Sometimes it's not the grandparent. Sometimes it might be someone from their church, yeah. someone from their community, an uh, adult in an organization that they're a part of. Who are those people? Because I want them to know you have other people beyond mm. me. You may have just met me, and I opened the doors like, huh, there's some adults that really care about me. I'm not the only one. So I want to make sure that they understand who those uh, other adults are. And so your other question about, you know, the setting and the shift. So it was spring break. I remember sitting in a training, a family-centered coaching training. I'll never forget it. I was sitting there. And we were just kind of watching, you know, news alerts pop up. Mm. And so by that Thursday, I looked around. I was like, y'all, these kids not going to school Monday or Tuesday, at least Monday or Tuesday, mm. maybe a little longer. Just and a little. Just a little. <laughs> and I actually text a group of moms and daughters that I work with, and I was like, you probably need to prepare for the kids to be out of school. So, you know, the weekend, I was like, this, this is not happening. The kids probably won't go back to school. And so because I had been in schools doing some different things, I said, okay, they're all on social media. I'm going to create a platform on social media, on the place that they use on social media to communicate with them. It made no sense for me to create a Facebook page because they say that's for old people. (laughs) That's for me. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a few of them that are on Facebook. So I created the Instagram page. And the ones that I had their phone numbers, I reached I was like, look, I got this page up. We're going to be doing this. And so with the relational health lessons, I would teach a relational health lesson live on Instagram every night. And the kids would tune in. Okay, okay, so, 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 so we have all just been through this. Mm-hmm. All, those, this, this is a podcast for educators. Mm-hmm. This particular series, which we're so excited about, is, mm-hmm. is folks like you across the community, outside of just our school context, 
just mm-hmm. sharing with what sharing stories. So yeah. thank you so much. You totally we didn't even tell you that and you just told us a story. Okay. So story and the more stories the better. We have we all have um, stories to share about that shift and that moment mm-hmm. when when it went from you know sitting in groups around in, in chairs mm-hmm. to like and then I taught on Zoom mm-hmm. or then I taught on Google and like my big first observation and Emmy I'm sure you have a lot to say about this um, was how awkwardly quiet it was it was like but I you come from you know being in a classroom where there's noise and you see body language and you, to like everyone's muted and I'm talking and I'm getting like not any feedback so like I can imagine like how did that feel for you how did you adjust how did your how did your approach change or stay the same they were in the comments they were in the comments, the comments. and you know yeah. with with Instagram you can bring one of them on with mm-hmm. you Aww. and I think now you can probably bring two people on. okay okay but I was like okay who, who's who's on here that wants to jump on with me oh that's great yeah and I, I will get them to jump on I will get them to jump on with me and some of them it will be dark but you could hear them yeah and they knew who it was and whatever made them comfortable love it and I, I think for me and for a lot of people who work with you you had to make sure that they were comfortable mm-hmm. in that environment they were in, not necessarily the environment you were in. Okay. Because it was so much more going on. We could go to a room in our homes, mm-hmm. maybe shut the door, yeah. Yeah. whatever, you know, and make sure our kids are over there doing this <laughs> or doing that. Sometimes. <laughs> but some of the kids, and, and this was a lot of the kids, they didn't have that luxury of going mm-hmm. In a room, shutting the door, you know, not having younger siblings or older siblings or parents or grandparents because, you know, it's multi, you know, it's a lot of generations in a household. And so you had to make sure that they were okay. Yeah. And so if if one of them wanted to jump on and not have their camera on, that's fine. You might not want me to see the inside of your house. Yeah. You, you might not. Well, and with... Instagram live you have you know the reactions you have the live comments to where you are what I really love about everything you've said which is totally like almost making my like brain explode because it's (laughs) really opening up new ideas of this like you are centering everything on the individual on the students and where they're at and meeting them versus making them meet you and so to even like think like Mm -hmm. I'm going to use Instagram to engage with them because they're already using it and it's something they're comfortable with. So it's not foreign. You've like met them on middle ground Mm -hmm. and you're just providing them with what they need in that moment. But it's on almost like their turf versus like, let me pre-record a video and put it on a website for you. Now, some of those I would do like those special videos on, you know, the Monday Motivation Mm -hmm. and and New Release Tuesday where I would do either a book or music and I would listen to songs that they would listen to and give a review where they could see a song in another way because some of it, some of the favorite TikTok songs, I'm like, have you listened to this? (laughs) Do you know what that means? I'm like, have you really listened to this? Because one, oh my goodness, uh, Swing from the Chandelier, that was a favorite. So I listened to the song and I was like, y'all, you do know that she is getting really, really drunk and she's about to swing from a chandelier. Tell me how you think that ends. I love it. I love it. So like, how do, like, how do you think that ends? I said, you know, keep doing what you do now. 
But so, um, so how did how did kids react to this? What kind of feedback? They thought did you it get? was hilarious. It's like Miss Murphy. Were they like, you're just taking that too serious? It's just nope. good music. Or they were really like, oh my gosh, thank you for shit telling like, me. I, I didn't never. Really. I thought it was just a fun game on a chandelier. And Bruno oh. Mars, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pop did a video on that one. Um, leave, leave the, the door, door open. open. Oh. I told them about how he was being respectful to the person he liked. If you listen to the lyrics or read the lyrics, that's what he's doing. He was like, you know what? I've done this. I've done that. You know, hey, I'm going to be quiet if you got a question. Mm. And just let me know. Really listen to the song. And they were like, all they're saying, leave the door open. I was like, but he's saying he left the door open. But what else did he say before he left the door open? What did he say after he left the door open? So I get them to go back. And I was like, you know what? This lady, goodness gracious, now I got to read the lyrics. You know you're sneaking in a literacy thing. You're doing some textual analysis, man. (laughs) Slash, right? Musical analysis. And that is where it's at. And and that's the text that kids are consuming, which it is. English teacher here. Mm -hmm. And I see see your shirt. I like it. Write, edit, publish. That's the last one. Repeat. 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 Uh So so love that. Love, love. You know, and always with the videos, I like to make sure they have an opportunity. If they don't want to comment on a video, Mm -hmm. shoot me an inbox. I don't need your phone number. I rarely ask for their, let me, you mind if Miss Murphy calls you or texts you? Mm -hmm. You can do it right here. This is a safe space. Uh I don't know where you live. I don't have your phone number. I don't have any other identifying information about you. This is a safe space. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay, I need, I need to go back in time here because mm-hmm. you're describing 18 cool things. How did you come to this version of yourself? And, you know, how did you find your way, not just into, I mean, a lot of people, when they tell their stories of becoming teachers, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I was a kid and I read to my baby dolls and my dollies and I always wrote on the chalkboard and I loved mm-hmm. writing on the chalkboard and I always know I want to be a teacher at the end. And that's a great story and I don't mean to make light of that story. Yeah. I mean, I did that junk myself. But, like, you clearly are in a slightly different educational space that is Mm -hmm. just as vital and in some ways, I think, more real to where the youth are. So, I mean, can you give us a little bit of your story? So, how I came to even working in community. So, I was working a corporate job. Had worked there for five years. Okay. Had worked there, and I was volunteering for an organization and just kept volunteering for this organization in every committee that was at this place about doing something in the community. I was on all of the committees. I was like, uh-huh. I really like this. Uh-huh. Position came open at this particular job, and I was like, you know, I couldn't make it work. The numbers just didn't. And I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And I cried and cried and cried. Because I was like, I should be doing this. Uh-huh. And, and and my dad, uh, he was deceased at the time. And um, I said, if daddy was alive, Daddy would tell me, take the job and let God worry about the rest. Hmm. And so it it was a couple of months, it came up again, and then I started working in community. Wow. The the strange thing about all of this is I was working with families, head of households. Now I'm actually working with their children and grandchildren of the same people that I was working with their head of households back then. And with with the children, you know, I started working with girls and their moms. Okay. You know, and they had siblings, and 
you know, and and I was doing things with my ch- my own children in schools, and so they deemed me the community mom. And I was uh-huh. like, I just like having a suburban and making sure they have a ride to go uh-huh. where they want to go. Uh-huh. And I just never really thought about it. But then I was just so fortunate to be in a position where I could have a job doing what I was doing mm-hmm. in the community, doing what I love with children, and it's just. That's how, that's just how it started. It's no, well, I just, oh my, it wasn't, it did, it wasn't like that. It just kind of happened that, you know, I love community. I love working with families. I love working with youth. Mm. I love working with them where they are so they can see where they can go and where they can be. And so I have no grand story. That was just... That's a that's grand... Not, that's, that's I feel like that's a grand story. I love stories, by the way, that intersect with motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I, so this podcast today, you're, you're three three moms, three yeah. strong mamas that, that mm-hmm. I think those things are intersectional all the time and we don't always talk about it. And um, the message is, right, like those are separate. And, mm-hmm. But like 100% my identity as mother informs my professional, academic, work around education. 100%, yeah. right? And the same, yeah. and this notion of like, oh, I can be like one whole person and the self that I bring to that and, is connected. And, and, and it's important that you have something outside of you to inform your work. Mm-hmm. Because if you are the only person telling you what to do about the work, you're going to miss something. So true. <laughs> You're going to miss something. Or it'll like be about you, right? <laughs> it, it, it will. It's like, well, I think we should do this. And I think, you know, we should teach it like this or we should do it like that. And yeah. Okay, but um, it's not about you. Yes. It's about their development. It's about their growth. Yeah. So uh, can we not make it about you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So good advice for all of us and all of the ways we work in education. Okay, so largely this podcast is for more traditional mm-hmm. educators, mm-hmm. although we see it broadly too. Mm-hmm. What though, let's pretend you were speaking to an audience of classroom teachers mm-hmm. and in school settings. I mean, what do you wish we knew um, as a population from your vantage point? You're seeing youth in all sorts of different ways that I think a lot of times educators um crave and and you may in fact convince some people to switch jobs by the way from that passionate explanation of what you do but what do you yeah what do you what would you tell folks who are in the classroom um to to complicate to enrich to enliven um their work with youth well the first thing i would tell them is thank you for what you do that's the first thing i would say is thank you for what you do in the classroom um because it is so vital it's so important. It's a thankless job. It's just so much. Mm. And then I would say thank you for allowing me to support what you do mm. through the coaching, the mentoring, the community things. Because, yeah. you know, I, I work with one teacher uh, at a school and she was like, Miss Murphy, you coming in doing these types of lessons helps what we do, you know, when you leave. Yeah. Because with relational health, you know, it's, of course, about relating to yourself Mm -hmm. and relating to others. So if it was an issue going on in that high school classroom, it's like, you know what? When Ms. Murphy was here, we talked about that. Yeah. So let's use some of those tools that she gave us, you know, while she was here. So I would say thank you. And then, you know, just really um, being appreciative of seeing the value in what I do that compliments what the teacher does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think it goes hand in hand, and, and I think some teachers, they want to do more than just 
teach. So many. Yeah. They want to do. They want to have time to engage and interact. And how are you doing today? Not where is your assignment? <laughs> oh man. You know how how are you doing today? You yes. know, I saw or, or one of the counselors told me that you know your your mom passed or your grandparent passed. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. You need a minute. You you need to t- come talk to me on your lunch break or after school or something. It's some teachers I know want to do that. Mm-hmm. But because they have 150 or 200 kids and lesson plans and mm-hmm. grading and talking to parents and following up on the assignments and their own family outside of that, it's like, you know, I really wish I had time to do this, but I got all of this. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah, so with that, you know, as we look at this, like, upcoming school year and, like, COVID losses a real thing with mm-hmm. not just students but with teachers mm-hmm. and what like advice or even tip would you give teachers who you know to combat the feeling of okay I'm going back in the classroom got to have assignments got to have something every single day you know going down that to do you know checklist you know let me check all my boxes mm-hmm. to kind of move away from that and move into that relational like building that within the classroom? I think patience and grace, but with expectation. Mm -hmm. So give yourself patience. Give the students that you're working with patience. Give yourself grace when you don't get it right. Give them grace when they don't get it right. But also have some expectations for yourself and for them. So patience, grace, and expectations. I love how you put that trio together I think because we have heard and we have talked a lot Mm -hmm. at our school and I know all the schools have about grace the last Mm -hmm. year or two Mm -hmm. and we've also talked a lot about and seen instances in which just grace alone actually Mm -hmm. isn't doing anybody favors it's it's frustrating and hard for the teachers Mm -hmm. um the students that tend to sort of wait till the last minute are like oh I can keep waiting you know and and again there are always reasons which is the work you do right in terms of they're always it's never that a kid's trying to be a jerk or a kid's trying to be lazy there's always reasons why these Mm -hmm. things kind of happen but the lack uh like just grace can sometimes result in like frustration for everybody and it is an interesting thing to then think about, like, what does that look like in real life to pair the two? Like, what does it look like in a classroom to have grace and um, also expectations in a way that's productive and generative? And the problem is, as you know, it's never a one-size-fits-all recipe. Every single kid needs a different combination of the two to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, so just so balance it out. Just keep trying. Keep moving. Changing the ratios. So, yeah, so as we, you know, talk about, you know, classrooms and, um, you know, education, learning, all these different, you know, vehicles that you're very passionate about and how that ties into community engagement. So for community engagement, how important do you think that piece is for educators? Like, is that something that needs to be more woven in to our lesson into teaching into mm-hmm. kind of the you know pedagogy that we have I think community engagement will always be a part of it because the school is a part of a community the school is a community mm-hmm. and there are things that are you know beyond yeah. you know beyond those two things mm-hmm. and so they need to see how all of it connects 
And if they don't see how all of it connects, they will have a false um, sense of reality about things. Um, just think about <laughs> think about a an organization like Good Samaritan Center. Mm-hmm. Okay, they do uh, clothing, um, they do food, child they do care. they don't do childcare. Oh. Didn't they used to? That's a different I don't place. think so, but I, I but I do know they do the the food and they also do the clothing and you know that kind of thing. What happens is if a student or youth does not know that there are people that are part of the community Mm -hmm. that they are in that may need that and to see how they can help with that, they'll think Mm -hmm. everybody is okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody is, you know, they're taken care of. They They have the clothes, they have the food, they have all that. And I think we have to expose or make sure that they understand all those different parts to see, you know, where do they fit in? Where can they assist? Where can, when they are beyond high school and into college and into career, it's like, you know what? I remember when I volunteered at this place mm-hmm. and what they were doing. And now I am a, uh, I have a CPA or I'm an accountant. I can go and help that place with the mm-hmm. skill set that I have to make sure that their books are straight so they can apply for money here mm-hmm. and have clean audits. So they need to understand their role in career. How mm-hmm. are they a part of what's going on in community? Yeah. So that's a huge. That's something that we can do in schools. I just and it's not about the hours. It's oh, not yeah. about the volunteer hours. It's about experience. What kind of experience did they have? Did they have an experience that moved them mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I didn't know that. I really did not know that. I didn't know people live this way or that way. Because they can have an experience in five minutes that they won't have in five hours. So I think, you know, them experiencing those things is important. So, yeah. Well, I agree. And I think uh, it's something that we've, Emmy and I think a lot about. Emmy, full disclosure, is really interested in community engagement and does mm-hmm. that, integrate it into your curriculum, as you know, mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. And I think the other piece that's so important to me is that it's it's really easy, I think, for, for some kiddos who are, for example, um, at our school fulfilling their service learning hours mm-hmm. to fall into this easy, like, I'm, you know, saving the world complex situation mm-hmm. <laughs> and not see the complexities of mm-hmm. the situations that they're jumping into. A lot of times it is from these short-term, one-day, real-quick you know, and we, we encourage you did the service, but what did you learn? That's it. Like, what did you learn? And, you know, and we talk a lot about, well, we have them write reflections, but the reflections, how, how thoughtfully do all of them, maybe not to the same degree, do they all take them in a thoughtful Mm -hmm. sort of way? What can, what, what kinds of, you know, vehicles can the reflections though be? Maybe our problem is their essays. Maybe we need them to be able to do art reflections. Yeah. Maybe we need to open up the modes with which they express what they yeah. made meaning. I don't know. I don't know. I just, keep, I just keep mm-hmm. going back to that meeting them where they're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like what yeah. are they interested in? Do what do they want to create a TikTok that is a reflection mm-hmm. piece or, you know, a, a piece of art or a song or a poem or what? like what are they, what is their outlet? And so I... Or asking them, yeah. and I should talk about this, or asking them, okay, that's not your situation as a team. But mm. if it was, how yep. would you feel? Yeah. Mm. 
how, how would you really how would you feel to have to as a teenager go with your parents to a place to get food and clothing yeah because y'all need it what what would that how would you feel what would that look like for you hmm. that'd be interesting it to would see motivate, right what in an important say. way mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm Okay, well, I am in search of another story. Okay. You're a good storyteller. So <laughs> what, what, do you have any stories about youth or you've worked with or colleagues you've worked with, instances in, that have stuck with you, that have informed your work? Um, maybe, maybe it was you know, a particular lesson or maybe it was a particular moment with a kid or a parent or a family. Um, that, that Maybe it sticks with you. Maybe it bothers you. Maybe it illuminated something for you. It's... <laughs> I guess I'm like Emmy. It just goes back to meeting them where they are. Yeah. Because even when I was able to do home visits mm-hmm. after we kind of, you know, knew what we were looking at as far as pandemic, and uh, one one student, she was like, you know, Miss Murphy, I want you to come in. Can I? Can we just sit in the car? Yeah, we can sit in the car. Then one day, he's like, can we just take a walk? So we literally walked down the middle of her street and had her mentoring one-on-one nice it's like whatever you want to do so i just make sure that them being comfortable is more yeah. more important than me being comfortable like yeah i don't want to go anywhere that i feel unsafe or anything like that but i know when they are comfortable and relaxed they tell me everything i need to know to help them mm. if they're like well i'm gonna go to her office and sit behind the desk <laughs> and we're gonna it's like, okay, oh, okay, I gotta be here at this time. Now they do know my expectation is if you have an appointment, you have to be on time and that sort of thing. But I go to where they are, you're relaxed, and you that student told me more in that car mm-hmm. and walking down the street yeah. than I was getting with I just, oh, let's just chat. Let's oh, you okay, you're good. Okay, what's going on? How you doing with your assignments? All yeah. that. And she let me know it wasn't just needs for her. She let me know the needs for her family. And mm-hmm. so just being able to have that information mm-hmm. and being able to match some resources to it, that just does something for me. Like, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in the right place if I'm doing it like this because Love it. she told me, look, we need this. Okay, now I know. Let's do what we need to do. Kids know what they need, and they, you know, we just they often do. don't give them the opportunity to articulate it. Has anyone asked you to play video games with them? I'm thinking, no. My fifth grade boy. I mean, like, I think you could get you could get more out of a. I learn more from my child I when I sit down and play, which is almost never. And I it's really food. I get asked, you know, Miss Murphy, can we go somewhere to eat? I get that a oh, lot. Oh, I would. That would be mine. I get that a that lot. would be mine. Mine too. And so I was like, okay, but before we go eat, okay, it's something I need to do to get done. I need to make these notes on this first. So if we can do this, then we can go eat. But what ends up happening is I get that, and then I get something else over the meal. So I'm ended up having to make some more notes. It's like, okay, let me call this person. Let me call this organization. Let me see if this. So it just all, we we get what we need from each other in just a cool way. So I wonder that was there an incident, um, an interaction for you personally, mm-hmm. or um, you know, with a student where you had that kind of pivot switch? Like where? Because we're all we all just we're human. Mm-hmm. We tend to think about ourselves first and about our motivation, mm-hmm. um, our drive. You know, 
we all have our reasons for why we do things. Mm-hmm. When for you was that switch of like turning outward and being like, I'm, I'm not going to be about what I need out of this. I'm going to be about what they need. Like, was there, was it just how your family, like your, your dad raised you or like, I'm just wondering like what yeah. circumstance, like what, what helped create that for you? Someone helped me. Hmm. So Someone who- helped me. Like, as an adult, I was helped through an organization. And never forget that. Um, my parents were always helpers. Hmm. My dad was a pastor. Hmm. They were always helpers. Hmm. And so I think I got it from both of them. But... But I've seen where people people have helped me. And and I think it's a helper in all of us. We yeah. just had to know who are we supposed to be helping. Hmm. Yeah. And on in what level, in what way. And so somebody helped me. And hmm. I'm supposed to be helping middle schools and high schoolers and families. Hmm. Yeah. It's just find your corner to help is the message. Yeah. Here. yeah. 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 Everybody's, it's, it's a little bit of helper in everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever had a moment where, I know I have, mm-hmm. where uh, my heart was to help and I definitely made it worse? Like I definitely came in uninformed or I didn't listen enough or I, mm-hmm. you know, is that is that a thing that's ever happened to you? Or if it hasn't, how do you avoid that, right? How do you... One thing... I guess I'm doing, and, and and I've had to do this for the last few years, and just being paying attention to me, yeah. is making sure that I get enough rest and exercise and downtime so that I can be present for me, so I can be present for the people that I'm supposed to help. Because I know when I'm tired, it's like, I'm not necessarily short, yeah. but I'm shorter. <laughs> <laughs> A little shorter, and 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 I know that this might be the only time that I can have this conversation mm-hmm. with that child or with that parent, mm-hmm. and I will be doing them a huge disservice if I came to them not ready to listen, yeah, and be you know what I know I'm supposed to be in that moment. So I'm really mindful of that. I go to bed at eight thirty. Oh, and, and people good. are like, I need to start. Do doing you that. really go to bed at eight thirty? Like, yeah. I go to bed at 8.30. It's, it's a lady, and it's so funny. This Sister Ruby. Sister Ruby will call about 9 or 9.30. Mm-hmm, and what's so, what's so crazy about it, Sister Ruby called me one night, and she left this nice little message. Sister Tanja, <laughs> now I know you sleep, but let me go ahead and call you and leave this message. <laughs> but if you don't have a definite off and on switch, mm-hmm. you will always be on and something is going to get off track. You're so right. You I- you have to, you have got to turn it off. You have got to turn it off. So how have you though cultivated that? Like the urge to not go maybe to like 845. To 845? Like, like you're saying, like you turn, I'll, I'll give a little wiggle yeah. room, but it's not 10 or 11. I'll yeah. give a little wiggle. I'm, I'm one of in those. the bed at eight thirty. I'm doing this. It'll uh, you're, I'll yeah. inch it each time. I'm like, mm-hmm. just 
just 15 more minutes. Just start, if I could just finish this, just 30 more. And so I'm just wondering, like, how do you because, keep the boundary? How do you keep the boundary? Because you do so much and there's not enough time in the day to get it all done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you continually guard that time? Because you know how important it is that you cannot pour into other people if you are not doing things like pouring into yourself and, you- and keeping yourself like healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, like just taking care of you while you also take care of other people. You have to make sure that the people who you are working with or working for or serving know what those boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Because it's like putting up a fence. Mm-hmm. You know where that fence goes. Mm-hmm. You know where it goes. You know exactly where it is. But if you don't tell other people where the fence is, they're going to hop over the fence all the time. <laughs> You got to tell them where the fence is. To them. Yeah, you got to tell them where the fence is. And, you know, when I first started out in nonprofit, I was like, oh my goodness, I, you know, all day, all night, all day, all mm-hmm. night, all day. All. It made me physically sick. Like, physically, I was okay. ill. Yeah. To a point where I was like, you know, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I, when I decided not to do this, like how I was doing it, I got well in about three days. Wow. It was like a mind and body connection. It's like, you cannot do this. But you have to let people know, okay, you know, 8.30 now. Y'all know Miss Tanja goes to bed at 8.30. If you send me a message after that, you know, I look at it in the morning. But I know if I've done my job between 7.30 mm-hmm. and 8.30 at night the way he said I should do it, mm-hmm. and I have been present for people. I have given you enough tools to use mm-hmm. until I can talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I really have. Yeah. Now, it's your choice. You don't want to use them, but you can't say I didn't give them to you. Mm-hmm. But you, if the work is important enough to you, you will make sure the boundaries are in place, and you will make sure that those you are supposed to serve have everything they need, or at least most of what they need to tie them over. And you have to make sure that you don't create any codependency issues yeah. with families or with the students. It's like, okay, you know what? We talked about this. We talked about this. So what do you think you should do? Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. I didn't tell you to do it. You're doing what you already knew in your heart and your head to do. Go ahead and do it. I just think that's so empowering for them to, like, for yourself, mm. for them, for for everyone, of helping them have the tools. You're, you are also living what you are preaching and teaching mm-hmm. that um, they already know the answer. You're just having them reflect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a powerful tool that I'm like, I'm just like locking all of this away <laughs> You know that you were life coaching us instead of talking about (laughs) it. Okay, I have things that I, like, when, you know, a a student has a question, instead of giving the answer, like, have that reflective piece Mm -hmm. and say, well, what do you think you should do first? Instead of, I, I just feel like to get back to that mindset after a year where it has been just kind of like, let me just help you. This is what you need to do because the the divide the cavern the the vast Mm -hmm. void of zoom internet in person Mm -hmm. hybrid virtual you know just this wave 
um, it just it, seems, it just seems, you know, you just want to, at the end of the day, we all just want to get through it. And, the, but and at the shortest help. distance, right. <laughs> which isn't always helpful. Yeah. But so one of the things you, you have to kind of get them to understand early on, if she, if she gives me the answer or if he gives me the answer, am I really being helped? Probably not. Short term, maybe. And who owns the decision? Right. You don't own it. That the, the student doesn't own it. You all own the decision. Mm-hmm. But aren't we trying to develop thinkers so yeah. they can make decisions? And we've given them the tools, and they've had different scenarios and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So they and it's it's so hard when you really want to just give them the answer and as an adult and i had this experience probably five years ago and i knew and this is one of my church mamas i want her to tell me something so bad tell me how to just Mm. navigate something and she was like no baby girl i'm not gonna tell you she said you're gonna get it you're gonna get it you have everything you need you're gonna get it and I was so mad. I know. She probably did know, you know. She knew. <laughs> and she told me, she said, it hurt me not to tell you. She said, but if I told you, it was not going to help you. Now, this is an experience as an adult. Mm. We've all been there as adults. Yeah. It, and I think modeling that for kids and naming that for kids, mm-hmm. the, the, the decisions keep coming and the difficulties keep getting. It's not like we, like, grow out of the need for life coaching, right? Like, we are all yeah. constantly messing up and learning and growing and shifting. Did you navigate your way through it I did it was it was hard it was it was really hard really difficult but I mean she was there and and sometimes we just need to be present oh that's true Mm -hmm. just being present is like you know if something comes up if you feel like you need to cry if you feel like you need to scream about it whatever I am here however I'm still not gonna tell you what to do Mm -hmm. but no I'm here if it gets too hard no I'm here if you get to a point where you, you're okay with it, know I'm here. I'm going to celebrate you knowing that this is something that you overcame yeah. with what you had inside of you. So I think if we could all like start our school years with like that as the end goal in mind, right? Yeah. And like whatever you need to build in all the tools uh, so the kids can get there by the end, yeah. um, that would be a great trajectory. And the confidence for those kids when they get through that yeah. so that the next time they are presented with a problem or because I'm even looking at it so simple as like when is this due again where is like mm-hmm. where can I find the assignment thing you know information that's already been told to a student mm-hmm. but how instead of them looking for it themselves they just want the answer and sometimes it's just easier just to Give it to them instead of give saying. Give it to them, but it doesn't have, as you said, it doesn't. ask your peers. Yep. Yeah, ask, ask your Because as your, as your teacher, yeah. I have told you where it is, exactly, exactly where it is. Yes. And it's posted and it's, on that it, place that I showed mm-hmm. you. The, remember that place mm-hmm. where I posted Yes, it? always. Mm-hmm. And remember when we went through this document that you could keep in your binder mm-hmm. to find right. where everything right. is? Did you refer back to the binder? Your binder with your name on it? <laughs> and Yours? It, <laughs> And it's just those, like, life skills, though, that they're going to need when there's not someone there to tell them what to do. Like, they're going to have to know where to look for things and how to just navigate life. Mm -hmm. Just simple, every you know, making those decisions, Mm -hmm. being reflective. How is this 
good for me? Is this helpful? Is it not? But it's going to take a lot of patience this school year. It's going to be. Because they have had to do something so different for so long. Mm. And now coming back until. That. It's, it's like we're starting over. And I think about students who, and one young lady that uh, you know I talk to quite often, she was going to high school. She finished her eighth grade year, middle school, virtual. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. first year of high school was virtual. Mm. So really, her first year of high school, that's her second year of high school, is actually in person. So it's like her going to high school for the first time. Right. And it's so weird to me when I look back at last year, and like this isn't to like discredit, but mm-hmm. it... It almost is like, well, last year didn't count. Like that's not, that wasn't a real year. Half a year, maybe. Yeah, like we're we're everybody's basically skipped that year, and we're starting now. Yeah. Like sometimes when I look back, that's yeah. almost how it feels. Like I don't feel. I do want to say that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, yes, and yes, and yes. But also, I want to say we talk a lot about like learning loss, but I think yeah. kids have also learned a whole heck of a lot from this horrible mm-hmm. year. And some I stuff that they so. didn't want to learn. Some stuff none of us wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they learned some stuff. They learned some stuff about the value of of being with their peers in a room. Yeah. They learned. Some of them learned some new digital skills because they had to do all that. My kindergartner or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Had to do weird things that she never would have had to do some some of them learned you know how to have relationships when you're not face to face with so I just mean to say I think it's important to because this is what you do you think Mm -hmm. broad you think beyond Mm -hmm. just the like here are the five standards I want my kid to meet (laughs) at the end of this year our kids learn I mean kid because learning is not inside of the walls of a school and learning is not the wizard wand of a teacher that says now you shall learn learning is what humans do as they navigate the world we all lived a year like youth Mm -hmm. lived a year we didn't fall asleep for a year we woke up we did stuff some of them got real good at video games I mean they really learned Xander Mm -hmm. Russ my son he got real good at Fortnite (laughs) because I was ignoring him (laughs) while I was doing all of my so like not all we might not say good right like we we could all put different values Mm -hmm. but I think that kids were navigating the world and learning things and I think if we can tap in to some of that too in the mm-hmm. fall, um, I think it, when we're talking about traditional norms around school, I think you're right. We have we're, we had a, some loss, right? We yeah. definitely had some loss. But I think if we could also flip that and think, okay, what happened last year? And what our social emotional development took a hit too. It was a hard year. And this, you know, especially with middle schoolers, they Oof. were in the middle. They're in the middle of changing, mm-hmm. and you drop them in the middle of changing, in the middle of a lot of change. That was a lot. It was a lot. I have one of those. You have, we both are mamas of, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I'm like, as a mom and a teacher, how, what encouragement, advice do you, I know, and then we may, it may just be, it may be as simple as it's just the same, Mm -hmm. but when I look at kind of like teaching and the grades that I've taught and what mm-hmm. I've always expected of this is how ninth grade is, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, the last, you know, 18 months now, you know, 20, 
four. Have, we've gone. Yeah. Friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it, it feels like it just kind of jumbled everything up of what we knew. Mm-hmm. And so I'm almost kind of like, what? I don't know if I know anymore what I knew, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, like makes sense. for my ninth grade. What am I getting? Students, what am I getting? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I don't even know what to expect. And mm-hmm. what? It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you watch a reality show and they go to commercial. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes back on, they play that last scene mm-hmm. before they went to commercial. You're going to be doing a lot of that. A lot of the recap. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of that. But I, is that recap, like, for them, seventh grade? Mm-hmm. Or is it... Last, like, I think it's you're like, not going to know my... until they, they're in your classroom. You, and I, you're not going to know. And I think that's true to some degree every year, right? Like mm-hmm. these kids have different teachers. They have different experiences. They're coming from different schools. Mm-hmm. So I think if we could all, it's a good practice anyway, right? Like let's just all start with getting to know the kids in our spaces. Like mm-hmm. let's figure out all the ways. Sometimes it'll be formative, inform, informal assessments, right? Like mm-hmm. actually, like what do you know? Tell me what you know. Sometimes it'll just be like having conversations with kids. I think when you talk about the middle school, for me, from my experience with my kiddo, the biggest difficulty was the social, like mm-hmm. socio-emotional mm-hmm. because it happened. So COVID, my, my oldest was in sixth grade, I think in March of 2020. She's now going into eighth grade. Yes. So, so sixth grade is a tricky year because you generally get your friend group, like sixth to seventh grade. Like you mm-hmm. generally, you know, development wise, find your people and kind of stick with those people from then yeah, on. Sixth and seventh is the so, middle of the middle. It, yeah. Middle <laughs> of the middle. Mm-hmm. So she legit was just switching friend groups. Mm-hmm. but hadn't really gotten tight enough to feel like, oh, these are people I text all the time, I call all... She kind of had like a year of like, do I have friends? Do I know anyone? I'm not talking, I'm not communicating, right? Like mm-hmm. she had before been so involved in so many things, the play, the sports, being in school, student council. So she got enough of like friend stuff. She got invited to birthday party, right? But like all of a sudden it was mm-hmm. like, huh, where where is everybody? Like, I, do I, and I... I've heard the story so much from that particular age group that got hit. So for me, I think one thing we've got to really navigate in schools is how can we create really positive community building experiences? And so, and many kids are fine, right? Like social, social stuff is not hard for them. Um, but I think that is a lot of the job of middle school is navigating the social, um, you know, as much as we hope it's our rigorous English curriculum, (laughs) it's really like, who am I and who am I with these humans? That is exactly right. Yeah. Good. With that group. Yeah. So when building community within those groups, like mm-hmm. what are, again, like advice that you would give teachers of ways to build community within their classrooms, whether it's, um, so I'm one that I teach blended classes. I don't always have the same grade level all in one class. I might mm-hmm. have ninth graders and sophomores, juniors, seniors. I might have seniors and sophomore and it's always a mix and so how what what advice do you have for teachers whether no matter what their classrooms look like of ways to build in that community I think aside from the lesson whatever subject area you're teaching just be intentional about knowing who's in the room Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because I know they're going to present with a lot of stuff coming back. Um, and I know, and, and we hadn't talked about this at all, but with the middle schoolers, if there is any mental illness, that's when mental illness shows up. Um, you have a lot yeah. of kids who, who were isolated. So they were 
already middle schoolers and isolated, and now we're going back into this. So I think you, you really are going to have to know who is in the room. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know how to say it other than you're going to have to feel their energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to feel, you, you're going to have to uh, watch their body language. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to watch those eyes because those eyes are going to tell yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. And it's going to either be like extreme joy or it's going to be extreme sadness or it's going to be, I'm okay. I'm, you know. Yeah. And you got to watch for that because you have to, you're going to have to protect kids from other kids because kids can be mean. And so it's just, you're just going to have to know what's in your classroom before you can move forward anything. No, that's that's super wise. Listen, I could sit here all day and listen (laughs) and chat with, with you two. And uh, since we're out of time, I mean, any final things you didn't get to say um, that you want to share? Any other stories? Any other pieces? Final words? Well, I know in um, the the questions that Amy sent, it was one that was so good, so Ooh, good, so oh, good, please so do good. it, do it. So the question was, what book should every educator read and why? I don't have one book. It's so mean, isn't it? But I think. <laughs> They should be reading, every educator should be reading middle grade and YA to inform how they navigate the students in their room. Because in middle grade and YA books, they're not talking about school. Mm. They're talking about their life and how they're managing and how they're managing peers and and their different challenges and struggles and all. But any YA or middle grade book, and also memoirs, read your favorite memoir and figure out which lesson can you teach the kids in your class yes. from your favorite memoir? I have, we have not, we've asked, so we've asked that exact question to every mm-hmm. single podcast guest now. It's been, you know, 15, 20. No one, no one has had, that might be my favorite answer. You may have just won that question. And we've heard, we've had some great books, but yeah. man, specifically if you're teaching middle grades, middle grade read what one. they're reading. It's read, kind of like listen to what they're read listening what to. They're reading mm-hmm. because you're like, you know what? didn't have that experience when I was in middle school. Yeah. yeah. But if it's a recent book, it's what's going on right now. That's it. It's going on. It's what's going on right now. And don't let your experience frame how you help them navigate theirs mm-hmm. because it could be totally different. Your upbringing, your background, where you're from, yes. all of that. You got to understand their experience. And mm-hmm. they're navigating a lot of different things. So your experience might not be what they're navigating. So, yeah. Uh, so one last question. Okay, Emmy. <laughs> For teachers who are hearing this and are like, okay, yes, I want to get experiences for my students. I want to help um, them think outside of themselves. I want some community engagement. I want to be able to also like build relationship and like what are some top organizations that you think educators should be looking at to connect their students with? Mm. Are we local? Are you asking locally? I'm asking, yeah, local. Yeah. Oh, because there's so many. I think Mm -hmm. any organization that deals with housing, Mm -hmm. because what housing looks like is different and why people are in different housing situations. Housing would be one, of course, uh, anything with food, because there are so many food insecurities. We have so many food deserts around the city, 
anything with food, whether it's uh, Good Sam or Mississippi Food Network or any kind of food bank, whether it's one at one of the churches, uh, anything around uh, healthcare and what healthcare looks like in communities of color mm-hmm. or um, inner city neighborhoods or a community of poverty stricken communities, look at what healthcare looks like and how they can, you know, engage around what that looks like, what it looks like for them, and where is where is the a way that they can be educated about it and educate their peers. Hmm. So I'm I'm thinking those kinds of organizations, but especially housing and with food. People didn't realize so many people had a food or had enough food issue during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we were all so shut up in our spot. Our yeah. Own, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people. So I think understanding that and any organization that can help connect the dots of what goes on in our world. Yeah. Mm. Any organization like that. So, yeah. Mm. Just like awesome. we got to know our students, we've got to know the communities, mm-hmm. the world around us. Yeah, mm-hmm. this has just been so great, Emmy. I'm so glad you brought this amazing guest. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank today. you. Today, I'm so, so thankful she was able to come and and be a part of this. Like, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank the you. Clear for the theme of the day, right? Is is know who you know the room. Know the room. Know the room. <laughs> know the room. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it.